Welcome to her fullest potential. The community of women looking to minimize stress, maximize success, and live a more joyful life. It is time to rise together and start building the world we dream to live in. It starts with you, and it starts here. Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's episode. Today's episode is going to be a good one because I'm going to be speaking straight to your heart. I'm going to be speaking to an experience in which I would bet a lot of money you have had time and time again. The reason why I am so confident that you can relate to what I'm going to share today is because I have experienced this so much of my life. My clients have experienced this. And as a result of working with so many women who have experienced this exact same situation, I've picked up on the patterns of what this looks like and have witnessed it in so many women, men, and other genders as well in their life experience. This is something that happens when we experience struggling, when we experience suffering, especially in the experience of high-functioning anxiety, because on the outside, we have it all together. We're successful. You may get up early and go work out. You may be fit. You may be healthy. You may have an active and robust social life. You have the income, you've got the house, you may have the spouse, maybe even the kids or the dog or the hobbies, whatever it might be on the outside, you're killing it. But on the inside, it's a different story. On the inside, you may feel broken. You may feel that you don't really even know who you are, who you truly are. Because your whole life, you've done what you should do, what you've been told you should do, instead of really listening and embodying your authentic self. You've done nothing wrong. This is very common because we live in a society in which authenticity is not celebrated nor held in a container of safety. What is celebrated and validated and therefore safe is homogeny, is fitting in, which is actually a social stress or trauma response, the need to fit in, sacrificing yourself to fit in. So it's not your fault. This is simply being a byproduct of our culture. But what happens is as we learn to do what we should do, to be good, to be pleasing, to be acceptable, is we sever the connection between who you really are and who you show the world. And in that disconnection comes an inevitable, overwhelming feeling of loneliness. Loneliness is no joke. 
extreme loneliness and isolation has shown to ignite the same part of the brain as physical pain. People who experience loneliness can feel a physical hurt in the body, a physical hurt in the heart. Because the pain of isolation, the pain of loneliness is so deep and so wide and overflowing that it can consume every thought, it can consume every breath, every action until we feel swallowed by loneliness. Now, for some of you who are listening, you may be thinking, holy cow, she is speaking exactly to my experience. And others may be sitting there thinking, I don't really feel lonely, but do I feel alone? Yes. Now, I don't mean alone as in there's no one around you. I mean alone as in there's plenty of people around you, but nobody really understands you. No one really sees the depths of your pain, the depths of your suffering. No one really sees your gifts and your potential. No one really sees your true essence and how that expresses herself when she's feeling amazing and when she's feeling down. And not only does no one see that, but you may not have actually been held and loved and celebrated in your ups and in your downs, in your authentic expression of the full cycle of who you really are. So as a byproduct, loneliness is not a result of who is around you. Loneliness is not a result of the number of your friends or whether or not you have a partner. Loneliness is a result of the disconnection between your mind and your body. Loneliness is the result of the disconnection between who you truly are and the version of you that you share with the world. Loneliness is a result of the disconnection between your authentic, raw emotions and the judgments that you may place on yourself. Loneliness is the result of the mask, the mask of perfectionism, the mask of always chasing and doing instead of listening and being. Loneliness is the result of sitting up straight with a controlled face instead of letting it go with a crazy belly laugh and letting the spine be like seaweed in that fluid joy. Loneliness comes from suppressing and breaking apart who you are and criticizing and judging yourself in the process. Because that's what's really living on the inside. The outside may be sparkly and successful and wealthy and funny and sociable. The outside may tell a very different story. So all of the external relationships that you have, they are in relationship to that which you present to the outside world. They are not in relationship to that which lives inside of you. So no matter what you have on the outside, no matter how good it looks, no matter how pleasing and sparkly and pleasant and perfect it may be, no matter how amazing your partner may be, no matter how incredible your friends may be, if you sever that connection within yourself, you will feel lonely. 
on top of that, what starts to happen is for those of us who are brave, who are courageous and say, I don't want to feel lonely anymore. I don't want to hide anymore. I'm tired of keeping myself caged and broken just to survive. I want to put the pieces back together and unlock the cage and let my inner self be wild and loud and free. But what happens is what now? Because the authentic self, the wild inner, the wild woman inside, she experiences anxiety. She experiences fear. She experiences insecurity and self-doubt. But when our relationships and lifestyle has been previously built on a facade of eternal strength and confidence, bridging the gap in sustaining or creating connection when we don't feel like our best self can prove to be challenging and difficult. Even if you have the most loving partner, and you share with them that you're experiencing anxiety, you take that courageous step. They may not know what to do. They may not know how to treat you the way you need to be treated for that anxiety and that loneliness and that fear to feel safe. So what can happen is you may take that courageous step to share yourself and the other person is trying, but they're not responding the way you need. And so that trauma brain, the anxious brain says, you are unlovable in this state. And it doesn't take long for the inner self, that inner wild one to retreat like a beaten animal back into her cage, returning to loneliness again perhaps even longer this time, feeling that she is the problem. When in fact, there is no problem at all. It's just a willingness to practice. It's a willingness to feel raw. It's a willingness to communicate and to try something and to lean out of your comfort zone and into your growth zone, even when it's uncomfortable and scary. This is why I transitioned from only private client work into group coaching work. I love working with private clients and I also love working with groups. And in times of my career, there were times when I was doing only one. So I started with only groups and then I moved into only private clients and I found that each has their own limitations. So with group work, you simply can't go as deep with every single individual because there's just not the space and the time and the energy. But with private client work, what I found was my clients are finding extremely powerful benefit and transformation, but then they would leave my office. They would leave this sacred space we had created together, and then they were kind of lost. They felt abandoned and alone, not knowing how to embody the transformation we'd found together and integrate it into the life they were already living. And yes, I can give them advice. I could coach them and teach them how to ask for their needs, how to communicate, how to invite their loved ones into their process. But that's asking them to do a lot. That's asking that client to not only hold and heal themselves, but to hold and heal their partner. And as somebody that's done that myself, it's a lot of work and it is a lot of energy and it's very difficult. I found really limited success 
in that model when it came to integrating the work into the life. And I found that it was limited in addressing one's experience of loneliness because they were limited in how much they could connect with another. So I found this blend of the one-on-one work and the group work to be so potent. So for example, right now I have a group coaching course called Stress, I'm sorry, Success Without Stress. You get to receive a lot of private instruction that's pre-recorded where you can go back time and time again to facilitate this journey of deep unfolding and deep transformation, deep knowing of yourself. You also get feedback from me in our online community, the community, the group, where I facilitate and teach the group how to connect with each other when we're in this place of overwhelm, shutting down, vulnerability, tension, overstimulation. And what happens is we do that work on our own and then when we come in together as a group with support and with facilitation, the work that we've done on our own is now amplified tenfold. Not only do you feel support and receive that and feel validated and loved in your authentic self, no matter how wounded she may be, but you model what it looks like to have progressed as far as you have for others who may or may not be there yet. You also get to receive the modeling from others who are maybe a little further along on the journey to inspire you and to teach you what that looks like. So I find that we add all of these different layers of everyone's personal expression and everyone's personal experience, and these layers are interacting with one another, and it creates this just powerful transformation, collapsing time, learning at a pace that is authentic and regulated, but fast, giving you results more quickly than you ever imagined you could have before. This is the power of intentional community. This is the power of having a social network that allows you to express yourself. This is the power of releasing and healing patterns of loneliness. Because when we are stuck in those patterns of loneliness, and we may have moments of courage, where again, we let that wounded animal out of her cage, and she starts to share herself, but if she's not received and held in the way she needs to be, it's very likely she will retreat back into the cage, lock it up, and maybe even put a blanket over it to stay safe and coddled and held and alone. So this is not necessarily just a promotion for my group course. Obviously, if you are interested, reach out. We'd love to have you. The more, the merrier, right? This is a model that's built on abundance feeds abundance. We get to grow and heal and learn together. But this doesn't only apply to this one specific scenario. This applies to all areas of your life. And so while, yes, it is very difficult, well, so while, yes, it adds a lot of extra work to teach others how you need to be treated when you're in that place, it is also a requirement to be in relationship in an intentional and conscious way. 
Because what happens often is we expect others to read our needs without us communicating them clearly. This can stem from childhood experiences of not being seen, not being heard, not having your needs met, not having your caretakers be available for you. And so that inner self retreats back and she might hiss and claw, and kind of like put up those barriers. But there's a part that says, I want you to come in, but only if you do exactly what I need you to do and if you guess it correctly. It's like the common joke. I see this a lot in Hollywood, which it actually really annoys me because <laughs> um, I think it's an, an annoying portrayal of just women because I see all sexes doing this. But where we'll say, oh, I'm fine, but really we're not. Or do you want a birthday party thrown for you? No, that's okay. But really we do. And so then when the birthday party isn't thrown, we get mad. Again, I've seen this portrayed in all sexes, definitely not just women. But it is a pattern that plays out. So to be able to state your needs is a requirement for being in conscious community. You and only you are responsible for the way that you feel. So that means you choose your relationships you choose which relationships you keep and which relationships you pause and which relationships you take space from and which relationships you release completely. You are responsible for that choice. Some relationships feed you more than others. The amount in which they feed you should directly reflect the amount of intimacy you have with them. Not only are you responsible for the relationships that you have or don't have, but you're responsible for stating the needs that you have in the moment and outside of that moment. This can be very difficult when you're experiencing anxiety or overwhelm because when we're in those stress states, right, sympathetic or parasympathetic overdrive, meaning fight or flight, freeze and fold, flock or fawn, the social responses, the prefrontal cortex or the part of our mind that can analyze and experience things in a logical way, that part of our brain shuts down and the emotional and reactive part of the brain turns up. So it requires a deep level of awareness of your nervous system, of your habits and of your patterns in the moment and to take responsibility for your capacity to communicate in that moment. So I'll give you a personal example. Sharing about my personal life, though, this is a trigger warning. I'll be briefly mentioning um, the topic of sexual trauma. So for me, healing and repairing sexual trauma has been a big part of my journey. And I am married to a man. And so... And this marriage has served as a great container and a powerful container for healing and repairing the sexual trauma in my body because sexual and physical intimacy, of course, is a part of any healthy marriage. But what would happen when that trauma work started to really deepen and level up in intensity is we would be intimate to some degree and then I would go into a hyper-stress response. I would usually go into dissociation and shutting down. So freeze and fold. 
I would feel so frozen it was hard to speak. It felt near impossible to speak. It felt difficult to breathe. It felt difficult to even move my gaze. It felt near impossible to move my body, let alone kindly and clearly articulate my needs in the moment. That was very hard. But at the same time, my partner had never experienced anything close to what I was healing and repairing in the moment. So how could I expect him to know what I needed? So we would have conversations when I wasn't in that triggered state about what I needed. I would communicate what I was experiencing and what I needed and why it was sometimes difficult for me to communicate. And I would come and deliver this information almost in a bullet pointed way because I, it had to be crystal clear what I needed and when I needed it. I can't expect him to read between the lines. So direct is clear and clear is kind. And when I'm not in a triggered and highly reactive emotional state, that is when I can best deliver that information in a direct, clear, and kind way. Then when the moment arose, when I would be extremely triggered, so frozen, full of panic, literally sometimes hallucinating, right? This is deep trauma work. It took a lot of deep strength and courage to say anything because it felt safe to lock myself in the cage, put the blanket over it and not move and not breathe and not speak. That was my safe space. So to open my mouth and use my voice and ask for something that required courage, it required strength. But in those moments, word by word, sound by sound, time by time was a reclamation of my capacity to say, this is what I need even when my body is remembering a frozen experience in time. I didn't always communicate it amazingly. It wasn't always with grace. Sometimes it would just be, can you rub my back? <laughs> or can you try something and please, you know, can you just try something? <laughs> and then I'll tell you yes or no. Uh, you know, rub. And we had had the conversation around that outside of that moment of rub my back or uh, put your hand on my shoulder. You know, these things are helpful. So I just say, can you try something? So it wasn't always graceful and it wasn't always impressive, but my willingness to repeatedly, skillfully and clearly take responsibility for communicating my needs in the moment and outside of the moment was the only way we were able to move through that together. Because by communicating my needs and having my needs met when I'm in that state is how the stress cycle could complete. It's how I could feel safe again in physical intimacy. It's how I could feel secure and confident that to be in this connection and in this relationship is actually, can actually be pleasurable. It can actually feel good, whether that's having my back rubbed or something completely different. So being able to state your needs, again, outside of the moment and in the moment is required for conscious and intentional connection when we experience anxiety, overwhelm, or anything else on that spectrum. The willingness to try <laughs> is a huge part of it. 
And I actually recommend you listen to an earlier episode of mine in season one on how to set boundaries because I go through and speak about nonviolent communication. And while speaking a need is different than setting a boundary, there is a similar overlap in the need for clarity in understanding and delivery. If you want to know even more, send me a message. Let's work together. (laughs) But regardless, I just want to say that you are not bound to a lifetime of loneliness. That loneliness is painful, literally, physically painful. You don't need to live there anymore. There is hope. You are not alone. And a huge piece of repairing that loneliness is creating conscious and intentional connection. And while yes, we spoke on the topic of doing that with others, that starts within yourself. Because if you can't sit with that wounded animal inside the cage in your own psyche and ask her, what do you need? And listen? How do you expect yourself to have that exchange with another person. It's very challenging, if not near impossible. So that repair begins within yourself. So you can practice this by placing a hand on the heart, a hand on the belly, maybe closing down the eyes and dropping into your breath and sensing areas of tension or stuckness or fear, sometimes placing your hands on your adrenals or your kidneys, which are um, on each side of the spine around the base of the ribs, and just sensing into this place, allowing the sensory experience or the somatic experience of that inner caged one to arise, welcoming her to the conversation. Breathing, allowing her to arise as she is, not trying to change or force her. Just let her be and ask her, ask her, what do you need? How can I support you? How can I connect with you? And just listen. The answer may arise in a physical sensation It may arise in an emotion. You may see images in the mind or memories may surface. Or perhaps it's a literal thought in the mind. Whatever it is, just listen. The answer may come, it also may not come. But the more you connect with the inner caged one inside, the more you repair the severance, the more you build the bridge the more closely you can connect with her. And each step you take, each time you listen, each time you show up for her, the loneliness subsides bit by bit, piece by piece, layer by layer. And the safer you feel to do that with yourself, the safer you feel to do that with others. And that is is when the true time-collapsing, powerful transformation happens inside and out. This is the gift that you can bring to the world. 
This is the gift you can bring to yourself, to your children, to your mother, to your friends, is being able to connect and love in all states. The shiny and the perfect and the successful and the pleasing and the dark, the grimy, the scared, the caged. It's all welcomed here. In my space, it is all welcomed. And I want you to know that here, all parts of you are welcomed. All parts of you are celebrated, safe, secure. And my hope is that this episode inspires you to create that same container for yourself within yourself. So as always, I'd love to hear from you. Find me on social media at her fullest potential. Be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast, rate the podcast, and share this episode with anyone that you think should be a part of this conversation because we are stronger together. So as always, may you walk with grace and courage. And we'll see you next time.